Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of City Walk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with City Walk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search City Walk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Morning, City Walk Church. Hope you had an awesome week. Glad to be with you this morning. Glad you joined us for City Walk Online. One of the things that you have probably noticed in our community and maybe in your family is during this time when we've been kind of staying at home and kind of quarantined, our buying patterns have changed. Uh, some of the businesses in town, that has helped. And some of the businesses in town, that has hurt. Uh, one of the businesses that Lori and I, uh, just a couple weeks ago, Van's Bike Shop, we went to locally, and he told us when we were looking at some bikes, he said, man, business has been booming because everybody's been buying bikes. And so you'll, you'll notice that, man, some of the businesses, man, they're doing great. Others are struggling because our buying patterns have changed. Another thing that it, as it relates to buying is probably most of you like me have spent more time online buying things than even you normally did. The only thing that's bad about buying online and, and maybe for some of you is the reason that you don't like doing it is you don't actually get to see your product and hold your product before it comes in the mail, before you put that credit card or debit card in, and before you make that purchase. And so we've all had times when, man, the infomercial, it looked great, the video looked great online, the website made the product look awesome, and then when it came in the mail and we began to use it, it didn't turn out as good as we thought it would. Maybe you bought the thigh master and you used it for 30 days straight and you actually ended up gaining weight. And, and probably for most of you, you've had opportunities like that where you felt like, you know what, in some ways, someone kind of over-promised and under-delivered. And, and that happens in buying and, and with different products, but really that happens in a lot of areas in life where people over-promise and then kind of under-deliver. And the church isn't left out from that. In fact, the church has done that over the years in the same way where they have overpromised and in some ways underdelivered. Maybe that's what happened to you when you were invited to follow Jesus. Maybe somebody made promises to you that Jesus never made, promises like you won't have bad days. Man, if you follow Jesus, it's going to be great. And, and one of those promises that maybe somebody told you is, hey, you're not going to have bad days. And so you took their word for it. And you followed Jesus and your life became a bad country song within a week. Your girlfriend broke up with you. Your engine blew in your car and your dog died all in the same week after you followed Jesus. And as you thought about it, it was, man, like, I didn't sign up for this. I hope it wasn't quite that bad, but you kind of get the point. Because Jesus never said that you won't have bad days. He did talk about bad days and he talked about them quite a bit. He talked about how we react to them, but he never promised 
that, hey, when you follow me, you won't have bad days. And one of the passages that where he kind of talks about tough times and bad days and some of the struggles of life is John chapter 16. In John chapter 16, Jesus is literally hours away from giving his life, for, from doing what he came to earth to do, giving his life to pay for the sins of the world. And as he's approaching that time where he is about to give his life, he kind of grabs his, his close uh, guys, the, the guys that have been following him, the disciples. He kind of gathers those guys together, and they have dinner. And he, if you read through the, this part of Scripture, he gives them a picture and an example of servant leadership that they never forget from that night where he washes their feet. He, they have dinner. He washes their feet. And then because this is the last time he will have these guys together before he goes to the cross, he uses his time to talk to them and discuss some things to hopefully prepare them for what's coming. Because up to this point, he had talked to them about his death. He had talked to them about what was coming but they didn't fully understand. And so he, he begins to have this conversation with them over dinner. And in the middle of the conversation, about halfway through the conversation, we see John 16 and what Jesus said. And if you have your Bible or your phone, or it'll be there up on the screen. I want you to follow along as Jesus is talking to his disciples hours before he goes to the cross in John chapter 16, verse 1, listen to what Jesus said. He says, I have said all these things to you. I've just spent a lot of time with you over dinner, and we've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about forgiveness. We've talked about the Holy Spirit. We've talked about heaven. We've, we've talked about a lot of things, and I've, I've said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. I've told you these things to keep you from stumbling, to keep you from abandoning your faith. And then Jesus goes on. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. Jesus, he's, he's not pulling any punches. He's, he's telling them exactly what's going to happen. And then he goes on in verse 3 and he says, and they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, when these things happen to you, you may remember that I told them to you. I'm telling you these things. I'm explaining to you even the bad news because I want you to, when this stuff happens, I want you to be prepared. When the hour comes, I want you to have the right perspective. For most of us, when we have bad news to give to somebody, we always downplay the bad news. Man, we, we don't want to confront anybody. We don't want to inconvenience anybody. And if, and if we're encouraging somebody to be a part of something, we usually kind of downplay the sacrifice they're going to have to make or maybe the tough part about it. It's just natural. And, and we minimize the sacrifice because we are not confident in the reward. Let me say that again. Because I find myself doing this, maybe you find yourself doing this as well. We minimize the sacrifice because we're not confident in the reward. But Jesus never did this. He, he was always honest about the sacrifice 
people would have to face when they followed him. And so he tells his guys as he's having dinner with them, he, he's talked to them about his dying. He's talked to them about the Holy Spirit coming. And he continues to have this discussion. And these guys, they, they don't get it. They're, they're, they're thinking, yeah, you've talked a little bit about dying and going away. And, but, but you've also talked about the kingdom that's coming. And, and we just don't totally get it. We can't understand it. We can't put this together. And so Jesus continues to explain this to them because they haven't totally grasped what he's saying. And in verse 20, here's what Jesus says to them. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. Jesus says, hey, there's coming an event where you're going to be heartbroken. You're going to lament. You're going to mourn. There, there's coming something that, man, it's going to break your heart. And while your heart is broken, other people are going to be rejoicing. This is coming. But then he says, but you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. The very event that will cause you deep sorrow will be the same event that brings you lasting joy. The event, and he knew what he was talking about, this event where he was going to go to the cross and they were all going to leave him and their, their hopes would be dashed. It was that very event that would bring them the greatest sorrow that would be the catalyst to their greatest joy. And then what Jesus does is he illustrates this with a real-life illustration. He, he illustrates this by talking about something I'm not qualified to talk about, the pain of childbirth. And so I'm not going to pretend I know what that is. I'm just going to let Jesus talk about it. And so let's look at what Jesus says as he tries to illustrate this with a bunch of guys. So this is probably a weird conversation. Jesus and the boys talking about a woman having a baby. And here's what Jesus says. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. And all the women are like, yes, amen. This was pre-epidural. This is pre-hospitals, pre-electricity. And so you guys get, I mean, this, having a baby back then wasn't probably, you know, the, the funnest thing. But Jesus says this, but when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. The, the, the pain of childbirth is replaced by the joy of a new life. In verse 22, here's what Jesus says. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. And your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. See, right now, guys, you don't get it. But it's, it's about to get really tough. You're about to watch me be taken away and I'm going to be I'm going to be crucified and when that happens you're all going to get afraid and you're all going to run. And your heart's going to be broken, your hope's going to be gone. I'm going to be killed and you're going to be really confused. But then you're going to see me again. And the joy you will have will overwhelm the pain, the questions and the fear. The joy that you're going to experience when you see me again is going to overwhelm. It's going to be so much greater than the pain or the fear or the confusion that you're going to face in this next few hours. 
And then Jesus gets to the very end of his discussion. This is the last thing that he says to his, his guys, his disciples, before he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, before he's taken and crucified. He says this in verse 33. He says, I have said these things to you that in me you will have peace. Not in your circumstances, not in a political candidate, not in the size of your bank account, but in me you will have peace. And Jesus says this, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. In the world, it's going to be tough. In the world, you're going to face tough days. In the world, you're going to face persecution. But, but be of good cheer. That, that word, take heart, literally means cheer up and be courageous because I have overcome the world. See, if someone told you that following Jesus was the, was the path to an easy life, they didn't get that information from Jesus. Andy Stanley, he says it this way, and I love this quote. He says, Christians have never believed in a God who doesn't allow bad things to happen to good people. Christians believe the worst possible thing happened to the best possible person. So you're, like, you're sitting there in your living room or on your front porch. Maybe you're listening to this on a podcast, and you say, okay, Chris, I get it. Jesus never promised it would be easy. I get it, but how do I walk through this tough, maybe even painful season in a way that pleases God? I get it. Okay, Jesus never said it would be easy, but at the end of the day right now, I'm facing a tough time. I'm facing some pain. I'm facing some challenges in life. How am I supposed to walk through this? And what's great is that question leads us right back to Jesus, and here's what I mean. We find the answer to that question by looking at Jesus' teaching, but also his example. See, Jesus taught and gave us an example of how important it was to reframe our pain. Let me say that again. Jesus, he taught and he gave us a, an example in his life of how important it is to reframe our pain. When you look at a picture... Maybe you look at a vacation picture. Maybe you look at a picture from the holidays. Maybe you watch a video. You, you see that video or that picture through the frame the photographer or the videographer had and made when they took that picture or video. Right now you're watching me on a video. And you're watching me through a frame that our team has, has thought, you know what, this is the best frame so that the, the, the message is communicated well and it, and it fits good on your TV screen, and so they've thought that through. But if we were to widen our frame, you would have a different perspective. If we were to widen our frame, you would see that there are little popcorn things on the ground all around me to keep me from moving outside of where the frame is. These are the things that I'm not allowed to walk past while I'm teaching. You, you don't see that, and we make sure you don't see that because of how we frame this. If we were to tighten the frame and make it really small, you might have a really good view of my nose, but you probably wouldn't see the whole frame, and you wouldn't maybe even understand what I was doing because the way you see something, the frame you see it through, really affects your perspective. And Jesus understood this, 
And he understood that in order to see the, the tough days that are ahead and the tough challenges that, that our life brings, in order to see them with the right perspective, we have to reframe our pain. Let's go back to the, the pregnant woman. Pregnant woman that knows that today's the day she's going to have a baby. So the, 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 she's going into the hospital, and you see that pregnant woman coming into the hospital, and she looks excited, and there's a smile on her face. The reason that she's excited and has a smile on her face isn't because she's pretending that this process isn't going to be painful. She hasn't forgotten about that. She's not downplaying that. She knows that having a baby isn't the most comfortable thing that she's ever done. But the reason that she's able to smile and be excited is because she's not looking at this through the frame of only the pain. She's looking at having a baby through the frame of a new life that she is going to spend, watch, grow up, and she's going to have decades worth of memories with this child that will become an adult. And so because of that, she's able to walk into that hospital with a smile on her face, excited about having a baby because she is not putting in the frame only the pain. Her frame is different. Jesus did this too. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says it this way. It says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. See, Jesus, he didn't downplay the suffering or the agony that he would endure. He courageously moved towards the cross, not because it was going to be easy, but because of the joy and the reward that would come after the cross. He saw the cross not through the frame of just the pain and agony. He saw it through a much bigger and different frame, which gave him a different perspective. You and I can walk through tough seasons, and we will have tough seasons. Some of you have a tough season right now. You and I can walk through tough seasons with peace and with purpose if we follow Jesus' example and we reframe our pain. You say, how do you do that? Okay, that's a great idea. How do you do that? Let me, let me, let me close by giving you three ways that I think will be helpful for you no matter what season you're in, if it's a tough season, that will help you reframe your pain. The first, first thing is this. You need to be honest about what hurts. When we reframe our pain, it doesn't mean we pretend that it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that we pretend it's better than it really is. No, be honest about what hurts. Be honest about the challenge you're facing. Be honest about maybe what's not going your way or, or kind of how it feels. Be honest about it. The second thing that I, I think will, will help us reframe our pain is not only do we want to be honest about what hurts, but we want to trust that there is purpose in our pain. We, we want to be honest about what hurts, but we want to, number two, we want to trust that there is purpose in our pain. And you, think, you say, what? what do you mean? Well, well, a couple of things that come to mind is one of the purposes for our pain might be to help us become more like Jesus. Because if you're like me, when I'm going through a tough time, I usually lean into Jesus during those times more than at any other time in my life. And when I lean into Jesus, I become more like him. And so one of the purposes in my pain might be to make me more like Jesus.
But, but maybe, maybe another purpose might be to prepare us for a new season. If you were to read all through the Old Testament and into the New Testament, you would see how God used tough seasons, how he used pain, how he used failure in people's lives to prepare them for something better in the future, to prepare them for a new assignment, a new season. And if they were to look at their life only through the frame of that tough season, they would lose perspective, but when you look at their life through a different frame, you see that, you know what? There was purpose in their pain. There was purpose in their failure, and God used it to prepare them for another season. Some of you right now, you're you're going through something, and you're thinking, man, I, I'm not sure why I'm going through this. I, I wish this was over. I don't know why God allowed this in my life. And, and maybe God has a purpose for that, and maybe his purpose is that he's preparing you. He's using this tough time to prepare you for a new season. See, one of the ways God helps us reframe our pain is we, we need to, like I said, we need to be honest about what hurts, and that will help us reframe our pain. But number two, we need to trust that there is a purpose in our pain. And the last thing is this. We need to remember that a better day is coming. We need to remember that because of Jesus' finished work on the cross, a better day is coming. And I'm not here to tell you that a better day is coming on this earth. Maybe for you, it will never get better in this life. But I promise you, if you're a follower of Jesus, because of what he did on the cross for you, because he rose from the grave, you have hope in eternity and a day that is going to be more than you could ever imagine and exceed all your expectations. An eternity of that is coming. And a thousand years into eternity, you won't even remember the pain that you felt. You won't look back on it because it's going to be such a small thing in light of eternity. And so when we are going through a tough time, it helps us reframe our pain. When we remember that a better day is coming because of Jesus. And so I want to ask you a question. As we begin to close, I want to ask you this. What challenge are you facing whether you're a teenager, whether you're somebody that grew up in church, whether you're watching this and maybe Jesus and faith really isn't a big part of your life, maybe you're investigating faith, or maybe you've been following Jesus for 40 years. What challenge are you facing that you need to reframe? What challenge are you facing that has, man, it's, it's overwhelming you because of how you framed it? And for you, in order for you to follow Jesus' example and his teaching, you need to reframe that pain. If you're a follower of Jesus, maybe right there where you're at. Maybe right there in the quietness of your living room or your front porch, or maybe you're listening to this as you're driving somewhere. Just right now, you have an opportunity to just talk to God. And you can start the process of reframing your pain by just coming to God and talking to him and saying, and telling him, man, God, here's what I'm going through, and I need your perspective. I want your perspective on this situation, on this relationship, on this loss, on this diagnosis, on this fear. God, I need your perspective. Help me reframe my pain so I see this through your eyes. Maybe you're somebody that's not a follower of Jesus, and you're, you're watching this, and for you, you're walking through a tough season. 
And for you, maybe the first step for you to reframe your pain might be to start a relationship with Jesus. It might be to, to no longer walk alone through this tough season, but to start a relationship with Jesus that will change you today and also change you for all of eternity. You say, Chris, how do I do that? I mean, I'm sitting in my living room. I'm on my front porch. I mean, do I have to be in a church? Or like, how do I do that? Well, if you're watching this this morning and, and you say, you know what, Chris, I, I understand that I've sinned. I've disobeyed God. I admit that. I believe that when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, that he did that for me. And, and I, I want to start a relationship with Jesus. I want to come to him. I want to ask him to, to be my savior. I want to start a relationship with him. If that's you, just tell him that. Just in the quietness of your, your living room, maybe there's other people sitting around you watching. Just in the quietness of that room where you're at, just cry out to God in your heart and say, God, I admit to you that I've sinned. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross and raise from the grave for me. And Jesus, today I'm coming to you and I'm asking you to save me. I want to start a relationship with you today. I'm here to tell you that when you start a relationship with Jesus, not only will it make you new on the inside, but it literally changes where you spent eternity. And it doesn't mean you won't have bad days. But what it does mean is there will always be purpose in your pain. And so this morning, if you made a decision for Jesus, maybe you're a follower of Jesus and you just made a decision to, I'm going to reframe my pain. I'm going to ask God to help me to see this challenge through his eyes. Would you send us a direct message, either on Instagram or Facebook, and just tell us about the decision you made? Maybe you're watching and today was the day you started a relationship with Jesus. We would love to know that. We would love to, to find out about that and then to maybe contact you through Facebook or on the phone and just see if you have any questions and kind of help you as it, with your new relationship with Jesus. And so would you, just right now, would you send us a direct message? Whether you're a follower of Christ that kind of made a decision to reframe your pain or whether you're someone who today made a decision to trust Jesus as your Savior, would you send us a direct message so we can rejoice with you and encourage you in your decision? Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for the truth of your word. And Lord, your word never tells us that we won't have bad days. But your word does tell us that you have overcome the world. And in the midst of our bad days, in the midst of our challenges, we can know that you have purpose in our pain and that there's always a different perspective. And that because of what you did for us on the cross, one day every tear will be wiped away. Every disease will be, be done with. Death will no longer have any power, and we will spend eternity with you in a perfect world because of what you did and the grace that you showed us. Lord, I pray that whether we're watching from locally here in the Yuba Sutter area or we're watching from around the country or around the world, that we would make a decision to reframe the challenges and the pain in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.